Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another segment of Girls in Pajamas. Well, Nicole's actually in her clothes, so she's a liar. <laughs> oh, well. And welcome to special guest Lucy. Hi. <laughs> Say hello to the internet. That's okay. We can't see you anyway, so it's fine. Fair enough. <laughs> Am I the only one in my pyjamas in this pyjama party? Yes. Probably. Yes, you are. Mm. Right, what are we talking about today, Nicole? New jobs. First jobs. Woohoo. Adulting in general. <laughs> Nicole, have you ever had a job? No. <laughs> I have had work experience and it wasn't fun. <laughs> and I only just got my first job at the ripe old age of 23. Oh! I got my first job at the age of 19. How did you do it? Look. 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 How does that one work? Yes, but how did you actually get it? Because we found ourselves in the vicious circle of you need experience to get experience. Well, mine was in the retail industry, so I doubt you need that much experience to work in a shop. Ask Nicole. Yeah. I've applied from here to Timbuktu, and I am always told just none of experience, or just I wasn't lucky enough, or I don't even know. Yep, and she's applying for retail jobs. Fine. It's fine. Thank you. He's not going to listen to this. But nothing important. So, like, so when I got the job at BQ, actually, I was 19. I had zero experience in DIY of any kind. Yeah, I, I think still somehow got a job there. I see a lot of jobs, especially nowadays, when I'm looking to like Indeed and things that say like a year, like just doing customer service or like level one customer service. Yeah. Usually. I haven't done anything. I mean, if you can just say I've been in a charity shop, yeah, that helps. helps. See, Nicole hasn't done anything at all. She's been in college her whole life. If you're struggling to find your first job, volunteer somewhere for a few months. That was actually my plan at the start of the year. <laughs> but, uh, you know, COVID. 
actually, at the start of the year, I, I was getting everything together. I had my work coach, I had my CV looked at, I was applying for things, and she suggested voluntary work. And me and Mama went around town and we looked at all the bars and we went into what, what's it called? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I got I got the volunteer thing from there and everything went to shit. <laughs> yeah, well, I will say that the job so <laughs> I struggled to find one job and that's just in pizza delivery you could have got on that when you were 16 and let alone several jobs I can't imagine finding several people jobs. if you can drive just do a delivery job they'll take you I can't drive that's my problem I can't just be, I am going to deliver packages or I'm going to deliver pizzas. After BQ, I worked for a debt collection agency, which Ooh. is about as fun as it sounds. <laughs> I don't know, repossessing things could be fun. I'm taking this away. Well, no, it wasn't repossessing things. It was basically people owe money to companies and I call them to say, you owe this money to this company. That's going to be fun. Honestly, it was the biggest thrill of my life. You can just yeah. detect the sarcasm in my voice. You were basically getting swore at down the phone every single day. People refuse to pay the money they know that they are owing. I imagine they do. God. Yeah, they just oh, well. refuse to it's pay. It's a good like, opportunity to practice your voice impressions. Voice impressions? Why not? That's what I would do. If I was like working on like a phone place all day, I'd, I'd practice my voice impressions so I'd, I'd just make it funny. I was tempted um, on a couple of occasions to maybe like slip into an accent or something. To sort of like, for shits and giggles. Yeah, just like, shake it up, shake it up. But no, we was very strict on what we could and couldn't say, so I wasn't going to do that. She was following the script. But after that, I worked for another call centre. This time it was for a car finance company. But I didn't find this out until after I left. This car finance company are dodgy. And on several occasions have been investigated by consumer watchdogs. Oh dear. Whoa. Dang it. No, you can imagine how fun that was when I found that out after I had left. Mm. I was like, it would have been nice to have known this when I was applying for this job. <laughs> Gosh. So those first three jobs, B&Q, the debt collection and the car finance, they didn't last long. They were, I was only there like a few months in each job. The job I currently have, I have stayed in the longest and I am coming up for nearly two years in that job. Gosh. I haven't even been mo- in my job two months. No, in two years. Oh, she must be rich. <laughs> I'm not rich. <coughs> I am far from rich. You have work! Yeah, I have work, but I'm not rich. <laughs> Although, I will say, my latest paycheck when I had the other day, nice and healthy. So, I was very pleased about that, but that 
that's due to Rishi Sunak not really anybody else because he was the one that made us all increase hours during COVID. Thank you Rishi Sunak, even though I wanted to punch you in the face because it was the most stressful month of my whole fucking life. You'd be good at it. I would, but no one will hire me. Not a soul. Why won't anyone hire her? I don't know. I'm to a... be honest, if people think the waitress is hard, it's not that hard. It's easy as piss. Honestly, it's so easy. The, thing, the only thing that like you have to have a lot of patience for is dealing with the people, dealing with difficult customers. Because you've got people who are awkward when it comes to food. You've got people who are just plain rude. And then you've got to also deal with the worst thing that I always hate dealing with, small children. <laughs> End me. Small children throwing food everywhere, screaming their lungs off, running around the place with their heart and their own. I am like, I am there silently judging all of their parents and <laughs> You need to be in control of your child. <laughs> I hate small children. And every single time I'm always thinking, I don't think anyone likes small children. Mm-hmm. I don't like small children. No either. one does. No one does. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you know, they scream, they shout, I don't know. Then when you put food in the mix and also messy food like gravy and mashed potatoes and baked beans, it is a nightmare to clean it all up. <laughs> and it's us lot that have to clean it all up. God. Oh, no kids nowadays, no responsibility, no discipline. No. Parents just do not care. They let their children just run wild. And they are like half feral beasts. Mm. You know, we were very well behaved children. What? I was a very well behaved child as well. I don't think me and my brother um, were like ever sort of, like majorly naughty. I think my brother was the more one he had a little bit more kind of like sort of he had a, he was he was more energetic and more sort of outgoing i was a little bit more shy yeah but does that remind you of spunnik <laughs> she had to be put on a leash one of those child leashes as a toddler oh, like, like little wrist stuff. Yeah. yeah because she kept wandering off See, that was my one fault as a child i think I don't know why, but I just like to explore things. So I just my, I always wander off. My biggest fault was curiosity. I would pick stuff up and sort of poke things. Sort of just want to feel different textures. Yeah. Sort of just like want to handle stuff. So that was always my sort of... But I still think I was a well-behaved child. I just had a fault. I feel like in a shop and I just want to touch everything. I want an adventure as a three-year-old, you know, curious. Yeah, so my curiosity was the sort of thing that would have been my downfall when I was little. But I soon grew out of that once I grew up and chilled out of it. I say chilled out, I'm still a nervous wreck, but still. (laughs) Aren't we all? Still the mess of a human, but I'm just saying high-functioning mess of a human. 
by lockdown whatsoever she's like nothing has changed in my life i was here <laughs> yeah, before lockdown I, I was here after lockdown although i will say the, the day that did hit me the hardest in lockdown was when i had my birthday and i didn't really yeah, that's sad i had a birthday lockdown it's just depressing it's like well now what i couldn't do anything or see yeah, anybody so, you know. it felt like i wasn't couldn't even go bowling Oh. At least it wasn't as bad as my last birthday. Yeah, I mean, after all that time in lockdown, you're just like, just for your birthday, you want a few friends around or just to do something. But it's like, nope. Mm-hmm. Don't know. You never know. If you're lucky enough, you might get a birthday out of lockdown. I might have to have a lockdown birthday. I don't know what's going to happen. We should, we should make a club, lockdown birthdays. We might be out of lockdown by my birthday. We might be even deeper in lockdown. I don't know. No. But my birthday isn't until the new year now, so it's my birthday. The reason why I had a lockdown birthday is because my birthday is April. So that's me. I am May. I'm November. But, oh, you were May, so you were not far behind me. No, I was like in the thick of it. I'm in November, so. so. I was like right in the middle of lockdown. Obviously, lockdown happened end of March, and my birthday's like mid April, so. Yeah, well, in May it's just got really bad. Yeah. Do you know what? I'm not actually as, as annoyed at um, missing my birthday during lockdown. I think I was annoyed the most about missing my birthday that I wasn't able to go to during lockdown was my local Pride event. Oh, yeah. We wanted to go to Pride this year, didn't we? We wanted to, yeah. We had it planned. Yeah. And I was going to take my friend Kai with me. didn't we? We wanted the big one. Yeah. 
Ours wasn't bad, but it definitely could have been better. Ours was pretty lame, all things considered. I mean, yeah, most people get praised in the street. All we got was like a rainbow market and music. Yeah, it's basically like a summer market where they hung rainbow banners. That was about it. Well, we have like lots of different stalls. We have some really good performances from like local acts and sort of like drag queens and musicians and all sorts of other people. And we've had like people being like on the TV and stuff like that before. And then we have like um, a parade. Yeah, we as didn't, well we as, didn't like, get a parade. Mm, I just wanted the parade. Parade in the park, it goes all through the whole park, like throughout, like it goes round the block about like twice, and then you get to see the whole parade. It's really, really good. Yeah, we didn't get one of those, did we? No, no, we did not. Yeah, and the, the parade's always really loud, you can always hear when the parade's coming around because they've got like drummers and everything. It's like a little, car- it's like a little mini carnival, it's really fun. Mm-hmm. I bet it is fun. <laughs> Lockdown is hashtag depressing. Yeah, so lockdown has ruined life. <laughs> so tell us all about uh, living on your own for the first time and your journey towards that because me and Nicole, hashtag struggling. Um, well, it certainly was not easy. I have, I'm used to being in a new place and moving around a lot in my life, just in general. Um, me too, circumstances. Because I am a child of divorce, you know, it's bound to happen at some point. So, you know, I've moved around a lot. But it is a very complicated set of circumstances that got me to living on my own where I am now. Yeah. Yeah. We found that, haven't we, Spud? Hmm. Well, I think we could probably afford an apartment now. I mean, we haven't had money before, really. Well, I bet your circumstances are, like, a lot less complicated than mine. Because the reason why I ended up where I am now is basically, um, after my parents split, I lived with my mum and my brother. My mum met somebody else, my now stepdad. Um, he, at the time, lived in Cheshire. My mum lived over here in Stoke Frontier, where I live. Um, she was at university when she met him she didn't want to like give up her degree or like do long distance traveling for her degree so she stayed here to complete her degree once she had finished her degree she moved to cheshire with adrian my stepdad but because i had just started at the debt collection agency when she had moved i didn't move with her so i stayed behind and lived with my brother to help her rent we moved in two housemates which was my brother's old friend Hayden and his horrible girlfriend Shannon and basically I didn't get on with Hayden and Shannon and they pushed me out of my own home, they did up in YMCA, lived in the main tower bit for a year and then got one of the flats yeah, yeah that's complicated <laughs> yeah, I told you I mean, it means I've just been living at home with our parents our whole lives yeah, yeah when, you, when something like divorce comes up and sometimes I wish our parents had pushed us out a bit like Jack. At least then we'd have our own place. Mm. No, trust me, you do not. Like, 
I hated the fact that I was kind of pushed out of my own home by Hayden and Shannon because, like, that was my home. And at that point, I had lived there for three years. I was settled there. I liked that house. It was nice. And they just came in as, like, total strangers almost and, like, just completely pushed me out of my own home. And they just came in and took over and invaded, like, mine and my brother's space. And I just didn't feel welcome there anymore really started to affect my mental health living with them too so that's why I ended up um, at the YMCA but luckily after a year in the main building I got one of the flats and now I'm in the I've been in the flat for almost nearly a year so that's good. Yeah. I never felt welcome in my own home. <laughs> Have you? Mm, sometimes, sometimes not. It's like I was talking to dad yesterday about it. Mm. You know. One minute, well, his first reaction when I said about the whole thing was, oh, pack your bags tomorrow. Then he spent like 20 minutes saying something about not moving out until I can afford a house. Okay, back up. You talked to Dad about moving out? I didn't say moving out, but I talked about him, like me going into student accommodation. Okay. You know. Well, I said, you know, I'm thinking about going into student accommodation. His first reaction was, while packed tomorrow. Then he was saying something about wanting better. And then he was saying, well, you know, we keep you here, you know, in the house with obviously the parents because we want you to not scrimp and scrape or whatever. That's what I've been saying the whole life. So, yeah. He's like, we keep you here so you can afford a house one day and start a real life. And I'm like, that could take until we're 30. Yeah, you like, know. I'm not even joking. My brother is nearly 30. He's 28 in December. He's only been living on his own in his own place for two years. See? That's how it is these days. It's, it's not like take the us old days. Until we're almost 30. My, my brother, he earns quite decent money. He earns about, what, 1100 a month in his job? Which is enough to, you know, like, afford a place on his own, even just like a cheap, you know, like, sort of basic little flat and that. But even then, he struggled to find a place to... Now, I was the one that helped him find a proper place to live. Hmm. I don't know what I was like. Somebody was saying, pack your bags and go. The next thing he was saying, well, why would you want to go there? If it's just in Wolverhampton, you could stay here anyway. You know, and you can just, and if you went away, you'd have to cook and clean and do all this yourself. And I was like, that's the point of living independently. And then he was just going on about, oh, you want a house. You want a house. You want to go and live in a house. I'm like, what? You know? Can't hear you really. Oh, sorry. What was that? I'm sorry about that. But like, my flat is basically like a studio apartment, so it's like all one room with like it's basically three rooms in the whole place. It's like the living room, kitchen, kitchen and dining room, all one space, and then there is a separate bathroom, separate bedroom. Yeah. Thank you. 
that bad. This is the thing though, that's how everybody our age lives. Pretty much, yeah. Shared housing, student living, tiny flats. That's how you live when you're in your 20s. Yeah. I mean, mum lives in a bedsit. Yeah. You know, no one has a house until they get married, usually. Yeah, look at Vicky. Hmm. Our older cousins, Vicky and Richard, the only reason they have homes is because Auntie Julie brought them for them. Yeah, well, like, not everyone has, like, rich parents that can buy them a house. Well, Julie was in the business of houses, flipping houses, wasn't she? Well, that, it's still the principle. She brought them their houses for them. She had that kind of money laying around to buy two separate houses for her two children. Both of my parents are not that well off. They do not have the money buy me a house. I just don't think I would never ask my dad to buy me a house because there is no way he can afford it. I mean, he's renting his own property. He doesn't even own his own property. He is renting. I mean, our parents literally just own this house. Yeah. You know. After so many years, they literally own this house now. Yeah, but only this one. (laughs) Only this one. to get to the top so what do you do exactly you know you have to make do with what you can get like ideally i would like a slightly better flat than i live in now but i'm just grateful to have flats to live on my own to be independent to have my own kitchen where i can cook food be able to do my own food shop that's what i say that four walls and a roof sound good to me You know, it doesn't I've got have to be. Nice. Water, I've got a roof, I've got a bed, I've got a working TV. I don't need nothing I don't need nothing more. Yeah. This is why I wouldn't personally mind living in a shared house. I don't care. Oh, I would say if you're gonna house share, because obviously I've had experience house sharing when it was me, my brother and Hayden and Horrible Shannon. And um, I would say the rule for house sharing is get strict house rules put in place from the beginning like i know it's kind of used for comedy on the big bang theory but sheldon cooper has it sussed in creating a roommate agreement put something in writing put shit in writing because honestly it is a nightmare he's sheldon cooper basically turn into sheldon cooper if you're gonna do i think you could afford your own flat with what money? Ooh. I work two nights a week for four hours a night. That's it. Get this new job, you'd be working more. If, 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 if. Well, even with the money you have now with Universal Credit, you could afford a one-bedroom apartment, I think. I earn. Life for young people at the moment is like a big load of ifs. It's like, if I'm able to afford it, if I can get the money. It's like, like for us, like, who are in our 20s, like Gen Z, the world is like the worst because we can't afford 
afford anything. Nope. Previous generations have screwed up the economy so much. I mean, yeah, our parents could anything. buy a house for 20 grand. Less than that. Less than that. How much is a house nowadays? Not no idea. Not more than that. <laughs> you know, Nan brought the house, the house Dad grew up in, the house we brought in, like a six-bedroom house for like what? Under a hundred thousand. You know, that's a six-bedroom house for 20 years. My mother just moved to Spain and is able to afford property out in Spain. Yeah. So the fact that like she can afford a property in Spain with my stepdad, but I'm still living in a tiny one-bed studio apartment, kind of speaks volumes. That's owned by the YMCA, kind of speaks volumes about the state of the economy and how much it tips towards the older generation rather than the younger generation. Even though. We are the next generation, and like we are the ones that need this stuff. And the generation after us is just gonna be worse. Yeah. I'm gonna be worse off. He still makes yeah. me laugh about how the sign in Pizza Hut. I see it every day I go to work. The story of how two brothers borrowed 600 quid from their mother and started their own pizza parlor that became a worldwide sensation. 600 quid, and they opened a whole ass pizza parlor. You couldn't get the oven for 600 quid these days. But they could afford the shop, the lease, the equipment, the ingredients, all for 600. And I also think about some of the most like, successful business people and like how humble their beginnings were. I'm like, well, you were obviously living in a time where it was easier to make money. You do hear it, just, you know. Try and make money. Because like, if you look at some of the most like richest business people on the planet, they had really humble beginnings. Diamond Cowell sold pens. He worked in like a stationery shop. And um, uh, Duncan Bannatyne was an ice cream man. Um, so yeah, um, uh, I think Lord Sugar, he was a fruit and veg seller. He worked at a market store. Wow. But like they obviously were living in a time where it was easier to start from nothing and make lots of money. Whereas now we've got to like literally bust a gut to get even six of what they make. That's true. Yeah. I mean, like the whole point is you're supposed to not need any experience to get a customer service job. They're supposed to be open to anybody and yet Nicole can't find one. Yeah. Our parents could just come out of college or high school and they're to get a job. And that's what they did do. Our parents have no qualifications. They left school with, with no, nothing. nothing. No experience, nothing. And yet they seem to walk into a job at 16. Yep, they got their first job yep. out at 16 and they're still working to this day. I was exactly the same at 16, but everyone turned me away. Yeah. People wanted qualifications, they wanted experience. They said, oh, you haven't had any this and that and the other. Whereas our parents, they could just walk right into jobs. walked into the job that he has now. I'm not even joking, right? So he had been poorly for quite a while and he was recovering from being ill. He had been in hospital and he was recovering from an autoimmune um, condition. But he was getting better. He was a lot stronger and stuff. And um, he was looking for a job because his previous job, they'd let him off. Uh, they'd laid him off and stuff. So like, he wasn't waiting for them anymore. He literally 
walked in and within 20 minutes got the job that he can now. He's been there for six years. I think it's also easier for guys. And the guys like, aren't. They feel, like they feel like there's no need to like hire us because at some point we'll probably just give up the job anyways when we have children. But a, I don't. I'm not even straight. I don't want kids anyway, so I'm happy to keep it staying a job for as long as I need because I want the money. Because I want to buy shit. <laughs> yeah. Want paper tattoos and, dye, and hair dye. Yeah. And I'm asexual. Hmm. Oh, she's nice. I'm straight and I don't want kids. Exactly. We are three child. We are we are three women who have all chosen to be childless yeah. in our lives. So we are happy to work in a job for as long as we want. I think most of we, the generation is like that, really. Can, because like we just do not want to. Yeah. Like have children. So we're not gonna go run off and have kids and give up our job with it as soon as we start popping out little sprogs. Because like it's. Like, we're just going to keep working because our money will go towards rather than our tiny humans. Tiny humans. I actually uh, read one somewhere that, like, Gen Z and millennials, they're, like, having children at a much slimmer rate. Like, 30% or something choose to be childless. I mean, everyone I've ever met just don't want kids in our age range. Everyone I've ever met in our age range. Where I work, that is the Because, like, I'm not being funny. Where I work, there's, like, about four couples. It's crazy. There's, like, so many couples. It's hard to keep track of. But, like, a lot of them want kids and stuff. And there's even one of my colleagues at the moment who's got their second kid due literally any day now. Ooh. I can't... But most of my colleagues are either, like, Gen Z like me or they're, like, millennials. So, like, most of them are all under 35. So it's crazy. I can't imagine having a kid at my age. Some kids have um, be like kids at sixteen. I know. I had a friend who had her um, eldest son at sixteen. Well, she is a brilliant mom, and I do. I feel she is one of those people who like completely turns the stereotype of a teen mother on its head because she is an absolutely fantastic mom for both of her kids because she's recently just had another kid as well. But um, she is an absolutely brilliant mom to both of her kids, and she has never ever sort of fit the stereotype of a teen mom. She had her eldest when she was 16, because I remember when it was our um, like leavers prom, our high school prom when we was in year 11. She had just had her 12 week scan on the day of our prom. Wow, wow, that's like that's American movie stuff. That is literally like what you get in an American movie. So she literally had a 12-week scan on the day of our um, school prom. I think it's just difficult for teens, you know. Uh, it's difficult for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I mean, I remember uh, my high school, my 
like sex ed teacher. She had like kind of something similar to that. She used to tell us a story of you know, basically she had like one boyfriend like back in high school when she was like fourteen. Mm. You know, because we were asking her like, when was the first time you had sex and all this? And she's like, well, I was actually having sex around sixteen, seventeen, but I had like a boyfriend like a long term one since I was thirteen, fourteen. So you know. Everybody's sex different. ed in schools is an absolute joke. Like, it is just so bad. It's so cringe. And you're just thinking, like, do I actually need to know any of this? I think it could definitely be better. Mm. It, it totally You know, I think I probably talked about diseases and, I don't know, just wear a condom more times than I actually talked about periods or anything else. Yeah, like, one thing that, like, I feel like society throughout life is all about sort of like the men and sex and like women it's like all about just puberty and you are going to get boobs and periods and that is it. Yeah the only thing I remember from sex education was learning about how to put on like condoms. I don't remember anything about birth control or pregnancy. I don't remember learning about periods or anything. I did a child development BTEC. I had to bring home that fucking the doll. living baby the demon. doll. Oh my god. Not the demon oh, doll. Oh god, that thing was loud. People actually get rated on that? Yeah. had like computers in it and whatnot and you got graded on how well you took care of the baby i think they just they keep updating it don't they <laughs> yeah. like at one point you could have like keys for it and then they, they updated it to like you specifically handing it like you couldn't just pass it on to another person yeah like it only responds to you you can't like just leave it with your mom or whatever Oh my god, that would be a nightmare. <laughs> so yeah, when we had your robot baby, I think it was a little bit before that. Because I remember mum and dad, and even me, we freaking all tried to calm it down. <laughs> and nothing worked. I am glad that I never had to do that in my child development class. But even then, my original point was, before we got onto robot babies, even in my child development class, we didn't learn about pregnancy. We learned about how a baby develops once it's outside its mother, as in from newborn to sort of five years old, but never what comes before that. Like, oh, it no, pretend it doesn't exist. Like, every single stage of pregnancy, we had to learn about, like, what happens when a woman is in labour with a baby as well, which is certainly eye-opening. And, um... And well, what breaks so the baby comes out? So we didn't just learn about, like, how a child grows from baby to human. We had to learn how a baby 
basically becomes a baby and then like what happens when the woman is giving birth to said baby i never learned any of that shit nope i had a basic sex edge education <laughs> all i remember is putting on a condom and seeing pictures of a dick that was gonna fall off in disease yeah that's, that's all i got not, that's not too dissimilar from my um sex education but like i honestly i went to a very like, rough school. look at all these diseases you could get i'm like <laughs> i went to a very rough working class school i mean i'm from a very terrible awful setting so stoke-on-trent is not the nicest so we've got a lot of rough people and i was i went to one of the roughest schools in our city and honestly like the sex education there was a, an actual joke i'm like for a school that probably needs it the most, not joke. Actually, I was gonna say no shade on all the people, but actually, no. <laughs> Full shade. I mean, I can't really blame the teachers. I will happily shade Martha. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. But for like a school no. that needs sex education more. Uh, you hold on, wait here. Okay. Please hold. The call is being uh, borrowed. So I guess we'll talk amongst ourselves for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, are you enjoying being on the podcast? Yeah, this is fun. This is what me and Nicole do. We just sort of talk. <laughs> no script. That's fine, though. I always find this part. I love this part. It's sort of just more natural. Though. A lot of the podcasts that I like are sort of not overly... Like, they have general topic ideas, but it's kind of just free. That's what we did. We decided, okay, today we're going to talk about jobs and first homes and what it's like to be our age these days. But other than that, we're just sort of riffing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ice cream van! And he is loud. <laughs> oh my god, I always love when the ice cream van turns up like sort of real. We'll talk about that in a minute after what's in the that because it's an ice cream van. I feel like that's one of the few joys of life that is left on the planet, is the ice cream van. It's like, it's the only time where it is socially acceptable to still have like a five-year-old get excited or something slightly challenged when you're an ice cream van. Well, frankly, I love the ice cream man and I have no shame. It is a joyous, it is a joyous sound when you hear it coming off the screen. Yeah, and he was still running Mostly through quarantine, and I approve of that. <laughs> yes. Yes, definitely. This is one that literally stops like at the top of my road, and I'm like, as soon as, and I can hear it through my big window that's in my bedroom. And literally, as soon as I hear it, I grab money, I put shoes on, I grab my keys, and I just, I don't normally run, but I always run. <laughs> like I'm physically running to this. It's so tempting. Our ice cream man stops literally directly outside our house. So I can look at my bedroom window right now and he's right there and he's very tempting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna sorry I wasn't like able to sort of come on earlier because I was actually out. Yeah, it doesn't matter to us, we ain't doing anything. Adulting, boring items I had to buy, clothes area, to laundry, 
So, let me ask you some legit adulting questions for those who don't do it yet. How much does it cost you a month to adult? On average? I don't know because I'm terrible at keeping track of my finances. <laughs> I don't know, speculate. Oh, weird. Um, well, the thing is, my rent fluctuates dependent on my paycheck. Uh, but then I have like my phone bill. Um, my bus pass, and then a week, and then like a monthly food shop. So I would say if I was going to do miss? a rough estimate, it's about four hundred pounds for me to adult every month. <coughs> well, the places we've been considering are three hundred quid a month in rent, and that's just rent. That's just the rent. Yeah. Oh my god, my rent never goes above three hundred. Well, well, ours would be about three hundred flat. Yeah. But then, if you add all of the other stuff into the mix, that kind of bumps it all up to about. Well, what else we were looking like? So like? Bills included, I have to pay for like bus pass and phone bill and sort yeah. of you know take TV license. So that's just Yes, Halloween. My favourite time of the year. My favourite time of the year. As I call it, it's just spooky month. It's spooky month. Inktober! No, but I say spooky with a P. Spooky. Spooky? Spooky. Spooky. I say spooky with a P. Spooky. S-P-O-O-P-Y. Spooky. 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 It's spooky month. Spooky Mum. <laughs> I love it. My friend Sophie messaged with that earlier today saying happy spooky month. Yeah, and it is very happy spooky month for me. <laughs> Halloween happens to be my favourite time of year. I've never been one for Halloween. I think it was like when I was younger, my parents were like, don't, don't do anything. Just like, I've never liked, sort of just, I've never was able to sort of just socialise with other we always gave out trick or treat candy, but we've never. We've been to a few Halloween parties, but maybe like like five in our whole lives. <laughs> so we don't. I exactly... only ever went to one Halloween party, and that was at my school when I was in like year seven. Yeah. And then another time, this was when I was younger, and I can barely remember it. I can only just remember it slightly is we had gone away for, for like i think it was halloween and bonfire night we were away at some kind of little caravan site and stuff and there was like a barbecue or sort of like a hog roast sort of fireworks display that was going on and it was around it was like in between halloween and bonfire night that it was happening so i just remembered that really more than anything that's it yeah well, we're closing in on an hour, I think. Oh, yeah, it's 48 minutes. It usually cuts off around 50 minutes. Yeah, so I guess we should start wrapping up. Well, this has been yet another Girls in Pajamas. Yay!
<laughs> Thank you to our special guest. Maybe we can make yes. this into a bit of a thing. You're welcome anytime, anytime. Yeah, honestly, just like let me know and I will work out my my uh, work schedule. <laughs> and if they all fall on a day where we are all free, I am happy to come on here. Next time, we can talk about spooky like, things, gay media, which is one yeah. of your topics, which I know that you love talking about. I'm happy to talk about very gay media that yes, we love we love the gay. Yes, we talk about Sherlock all the time, Black Butler, and all that. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to talk about very gay media that people deny is gay, but when you really mm, look into yeah. it, you're like, it's, it's very, gay. very gay. Oh, I have like Sherlock, like hardcore. And my favourite, which is Merlin. I've met some hardcore naysayers who are like, Sherlock and Watson are just friends. By shipping them, you're ruining the purity of their friendship. No, I mean, it's like. Any kind of TV show or movie, and it's like I watch it through a gay lens. It's like I I see the gay in everything. Like the other day, I was saying to my because I've recently gotten into like Big Bang Theory. I was saying to my friend Kai, I swear down Raj, Howard, and Amy on Big Bang Theory are bisexual, and you (laughs) cannot tell me otherwise. They have to be bisexual because if you watch that show. You can tell they are bisexual, <laughs> straight up. It's if true. If you deny that they are it's bisexual, no you will watch the wrong show. Yeah. That's like my motto. There's no homosexual, homosexual explanation <laughs> for this. No heterosexual. Yeah. Heterosexual? Yeah. Is it that one? Homosexual. Yeah. The other one? <laughs> we don't know what I mean. And I feel like if you two really want to do a deep dive on a really gay piece of media that like the, even the creators of the show deny is very gay but you can if you watch it through a gay lens you can see the gayness in it Merlin mm. you two need to watch Merlin apparently that's pretty gay is it? it is very gay oh from what I've heard <laughs> we should watch it yeah I'll put it on the list like, the, like, like kick it off just from the central plot of it like the themes of
We have a doggo in the studio. Yay! <laughs> right, so we better go. We need to stop talking about the gay. Okay. And Sutty demands attention anyway. Definitely. So, uh, bye internet. Bye Lucy. Bye bye. Bye girls. Bye internet. Bye. There we go.